Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Sowing when the tortured, howling souls of the dead soar through the skies on October 28th. In Cleveland, Ohio, NWA presents Sowen, the most violent pay-per-view in National Wrestling Alliance history. Sowen, be there if you dare. (laughs) End of October, NWA presents Sowen, promising to be the most violent pay-per-view in NWA history. So who better to mark the darker half of the year than wrestling's machinating master of macabre. Cultaholic now becomes a cultaholic. We are joined by Father James Mitchell. How are we doing, sir? I'm doing fine, Tom. How the hell are you? Oh, we're doing good. That voice, that golden voice, the voice of the most violent pay-per-view in National Wrestling Alliance history, Sowin. Now, this is an education as well for many people because we all know Halloween, but like Sowin is like the, the, the true, darker, brooding, older brother of Halloween, isn't it? Yes. Uh, Halloween is uh, stolen from or, uh, you know, it's the forerunner of what we celebrate as Halloween. And way back when it was a much more serious thing, but it's basically a time where they think there's a, uh, an opening in the veil between reality and, and the, uh, our reality and the other side where the uh, dead can walk the earth and things like that, which we celebrate as Halloween by putting on costumes and pretending to be the dead that are walking the earth and causing chaos. How will you be marking Sawin this year away from the wrestling side of things? Away from the wrestling side? Well, you know, every day is Sawin for me, really. <laughs> so one, once a year, I take great pleasure in just watching the amateurs. <laughs> I'll celebrate it, you know? Uh, you've said the National Wrestling Alliance has reignited your love for wrestling. And uh, between some of the moments, the moments that you've made in NWA, between making Sal Renaro drink blood and guiding Maxi Impaler to the women's TV title, what has been a highlight of your time so far with the NWA? Um, well, let's see. Off the top of my head, most recently would be Maxi Impaler winning the Women's World Television Championship from Kinsey Page at NWA 75. Um, that's something I'd predicted way back when um having the opportunity to uh work with judas who is a man i'd wanted to uh recruit into impact wrestling back in 2008 or something like that it never worked out um uh the the match max had last year with uh camille for the NWA uh, Women's Championship was really good um no I've, I've had a great time 
uh, just about everything has been a highlight. As you said, it's reignited my uh, enthusiasm for the business. And NWA wrestling was the first wrestling I was really exposed to as a child. And when I grew up um, on Saturdays, we were able to get Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling once in the morning and once at night. We got Georgia Championship Wrestling in the evening. And uh, then we'd also, somewhere in there, we got Florida Championship Wrestling, all of which were under the NWA banner. So uh, th this feels like home for me. It, it feels like exactly where I need to be, where like I've come full circle. Uh, whether we've known you throughout your career as James Vanderberg, the sinister minister, Father James Mitchell, when you arrive, we know that something wicked this way comes. Uh, but where, nice where? literary reference. Thank you very much. Uh, but where I'm intrigued, where does James Mitchell end and Father James Mitchell begin, if you catch my drift? Um, I'm pretty, well, as you can tell, speaking to me right now, um, when I, I'm f fairly different, considerably different than I am on television, unless you really piss me off. Um, but the gentleman in the red suit is in here. And I've said for years that it seems like I have almost created a separate, fully functioning personality, like somebody with dissociative uh, identity disorder, because the gentleman in the red suit is smarter than I am. He's better spoken than I am. It's it's just a, I could it's a completely different personality. And when I am in that zone, that is who I am. I'm not sitting there uh, trying to uh, memorize lines or <clears throat> excuse me or anything like that. The reactions and the things that come out of my mouth they're they're organic. So that gentleman is in there somewhere, but uh, you know. Thank God I'm able to uh, put him in my back pocket when it's time to not be on TV or I'd probably be in prison. I know some of your uh, influences over the years have been supervillains, uh, comic books, even Scooby-Doo yep. gets a little nod in the building of the yep. man in the red suit. Um, now, on your travels, I'm keen to know when it comes to building a wrestling manager, because you came from an era where there were so many and the industry has changed so much in so many ways. What's this? What, in your opinion, is the the state of wrestling managers in 2023? Is there still the energy for that sort of thing, do you think? Well, uh, Billy and NWA is uh, certainly one of the uh, companies that's uh, brought them back and is uh, using them well. You know, we've got uh aaron stevens we've got uh chris silvio esquire um myself and uh you know he's he's brought that element back into it you know for years uh especially when i started really trying to get once i started getting rolling in the pro wrestling business managers were on their way out they had just you know they, they were being replaced with uh valets and skimpy outfits and i remember uh speaking to jim Cornette years ago uh looking for a job in wwe or wwf as it would have been called at the time and he said if you don't have uh tits and a bikini you're not getting a job and he said something like if i'm not getting on tv you're not getting on tv you know this was what he was working in the office but uh so yeah there, there was a drought for a long time and and uh you know wrestling companies for the most part 
over the years have tended to try to follow and emulate the industry leader, which of course has been Vince McMahon since 1985 or so. And, and what happens is you get watered down fifth generation Xeroxes of, of what's happening. Um, so I think um, using managers, because Vince really, other than Paul Heyman, for the most part, hasn't really used any prominently in, in ages. Uh, Paul's had a great run up there. But, you know, it's one of the things that sets uh, the NWA apart. Managers used to be a very viable part of the business because what you could do is when you had a manager who I guess you would use the term homesteaded, you know, you kept him around like you would have with Lou Albano and Freddie Blassie and the Grand Wizard saying WWWF back in the day. You could bring in an unknown talent and they would immediately get a rub off of the manager because the manager had established heat and the crowd would instantly know that if they were put with this person, they must be somebody special, you know, and uh, that's that's uh, one of the things that just sort of went away over the last couple of decades. And, you know, I've I've been. Uh, fighting to keep the tradition alive. I've said oftentimes that uh, being a great wrestling manager these days is like being a great eight track tape player. Or I used to say our great uh, LP, a record, you know, before they came back, you know, so even, you know, <laughs> LPs have finally come back, you know, um, but it was, uh, you know, it, it's kind of frustrating, uh, you know, for, for years it was frustrating, um, but it's, I, I'm in a good place with it now. And, and I think the door is open, you know, if people get their heads out of their asses in, in other promotions and use managers the way they uh, should be used, they would it would bear fruit. And all the more reason why it's like an eight track whilst uh, they're few and far between. The sound quality is still exceptional when you do. There you use go. Them. And that's there what it's go. about. Uh, and, and it's an eight track that you've played in WCW and ECW as part of TNA and Impact Wrestling, a litany of other places. But with the exception of uh, that, that appearance at one night stand, uh, not so much for WWE. And we've heard uh, about numerous uh, nearlies and shoulda, woulda, couldas over the year. Were you managing Tenzai nearly? You managing Jack Swagger nearly? Is there a dream? I know you don't so much watch wrestling from outside of what you're currently doing. You're laser focused right. on what's happening with NWA and as, as that should be the case. But is there right. a dream WWE scenario, maybe past or present, that you would love to have been involved with? You know, you know, we're going back 25 years. Uh, you know, I would have fit in somewhere, you know, in that uh, Kane and Undertaker sort of world. You know, I, I could have seen um, me bringing in another character, you know, not managing them because they were already spoken for but possibly bringing uh, another character in during like the whole ministry of darkness kind of thing. I mean, look, I'm not the sort of manager that you're going to put with Bobby Eaton or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or, uh, a, you know, a, a, a Harley race kind of wrestler or something or Ric Flair, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that back in the day would uh, be managing Abdullah the Butcher and the the original Sheik and Pac Song and you know Tora Tanaka those kind of uh, heels. 
You mentioned about um, obviously not managing Undertaker or Kane, but bringing somebody in. Now, there was, I, I'm so intrigued. There was a lot of rumor and innuendo for a while uh, about a, a match between Abyss and The Undertaker at WrestleMania. That was something yep. that did the dirt sheets for a while. Do you know much on that? And if so, was the sinister minister factored in? No, I was not factored in. I, I believe that came up not long after I had come back to uh, TNA Impact as it was called at the time. So this would have been around 2005, I think, or early 2006. Um, so he never said, Abyss never said anything to me about it during the time. And then, uh, you know, maybe a year later, I heard the story. But basically, um, depending on which version you listen to, um, some people told him that they didn't think uh, he'd be able to put up with the pressure there and said that he would be better off staying where he was. Um, but from what I understand, it was a hell of a spot because he would have debuted wrestling The Undertaker as, you know, as his foil. But uh, I, I think the other thing he told me, too, is like, you know, you're not going to beat The Undertaker, especially in those days. There's nowhere to go but down from there. So you could come in and have a meteoric rise, and then you're immediately, immediately going to go down. So anyhow, he ultimately wound up staying with uh, Impact, which uh, for him <clears throat> turned out to be a good uh, good decision. He made good money there, and he uh, had a lot of influence behind the scenes. And now, actually, he's, of course, as a lot of people know, he's in uh, WWE behind the scenes as a producer and has been for four years, almost, three, three and a half, four years. And by all accounts, he's uh, well-respected and, and doing a great job. And, you know, the great thing is, you know, he gets insurance and benefits and all the stuff, you know, that, you know, he wouldn't have gotten back in the day if he were a wrestler there. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Obviously, you and Abyss worked so closely some golden uh, wrestling stuff came from you guys in tna uh, and impact wrestling how much of 
that character, that story came from you and how much of it was from up top? Uh, are you referring to a specific storyline? I think or? just in general, the the progression. The one that springs to mind is the uh, the 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 Chris Park sort of blackmail storyline, where it was you know we know the truth about you, we can send you to prison whenever you want, uh, and and the the mind games that were played through there. So, so I mean that story is the one I think of, but I think more in general, how much sway did you and Abyss have on the 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 trajectory of Abyss in TNA? Um. You know, Abyss had Abyss was kind of unofficially in the office, so he sat in on uh, meetings and whatnot. So he had some input. I mean, for the most part, uh, Dutch Mantel for the longest time sort of steered our ship. But uh, to the story you're referring to, the uh, blackmail and shooting the father and all that stuff. Uh, that was a Vince Russo creation. Now, what I do vaguely remember was that maybe two years before that, Abyss had mentioned to me late one night that he'd had an idea about something, a setup similar to what happened with the shooting, the father thing, or maybe shooting wasn't involved and uh, never heard about it again. And then when uh, Vince Russo came in, um, he lined all that up. And at first I was not happy about it. Because it seemed to me, you know, that, you know, in the first week or two that it was going on, they had me uh, program cutting these promos against Sting. And when I would look at the format sheet, the way it was written out, and what would show up on TV would be much different than when it came out of my mouth than what was on the format sheet. But it looked like they were essentially doing almost a biblical story where Sting is Jesus and I'm the devil. And I immediately said, this is going to cause too much heat. And if people get mad about it, I'm the one who's expendable, not Sting, you know? So I, I bitched and raised hell about it and uh, for a week or two. And then finally I thought about it. I said, you know, when am I going to get an opportunity again? You know, this stage in life, of course, that was 20 years ago almost, um, to work a main event program with somebody like Sting. So I just uh, decided that I was going to make the best out of it that I could. And I had to wrap my mind around it and, and try to say, how would I react if I were truly in this situation personally, you know, now a lot, there was a lot of crazy stuff to absorb, you know, uh, you know, to me, I'm not a fan of things that happen off screen. Um, uh, what do they call it? Doek Machina or something like that. Ghost in the Machine, where uh, a story is revealed, like if you're watching a movie and out of nowhere, somebody comes in and, and it's something you didn't see unfold before your eyes, you know. So this whole backstory didn't take place in front of everybody. So or at least hints weren't given at first, you know, um, but. I, I just had to wrap my mind around that. And I remember uh, when I had to do the reveal about being his father, I started the promo and we were doing it. We were going to go live. I, the, I mean, the show was already going on. And I was sitting back there with Vince Russo and Pat Kinney. And Russo just said, okay, here's going to be your reveal. You know, let's tape this. And we're doing it as the matches are going live during the pay-per-view. And I started the promo two or three times and Vince would stop me and he'd say, not nah, Jim, bro, 
you're doing a wrestling promo. Be real. I stopped and started it maybe three times. And he kept saying, no, that sounds like a wrestling promo. And I said, all right, give me a minute. Let me smoke a cigarette. Give me 30 seconds, 40 seconds. And then really what I did was I just channeled being uh, something from real life where I was pissed off at uh, my stepson <laughs> that I had, had at the time. And uh, just kind of, you know what I mean? I, I turned it into that. And whereas, you know, I was able to get that emotion and, and bring it out there and make it feel real. And then, you know, I, I just kind of ad-libbed it and bang, it was done. And, and it, it came off. Again, I think that was one of the goofiest stories I've been involved with. But people have always said about me for years is that I'm the guy that can take the most outlandish shit and make it seem believable while it's coming out of my mouth. You know, so that's the something I take pride in. And, you know, some of my uh, some of my best performances came out of that, you know, and, you know, Russo at the time when he uh, um, produced me, he would very often make me drop into instead of a wrestling promo mode, he would have me drop into being more naturalistic and speaking like a regular human being, you know what I mean? And having some ebb and flow. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a growth thing, you know, and I've learned, you know, that was one of the things I learned is that uh, instead of being afraid of something or afraid to try, you know, give it a shot, give it your best. If it works, that's, that's what you want. And if it doesn't, you still learn something. You know, you if nothing else, you learn what not to do, but at least you went forward valiantly and gave it your best. And it kind of leans into something that you said. Uh, this is going back a while ago in an interview. Where you, you you were surprised how you became, uh, for lack of a better term, sort of typecast in, a, in an occultist manager role and all the versions of you that we've seen have just been this this incredible uh satanic s character and i'm just curious when you said that is there a certain part of your your repertoire a certain part of you that you always wanted to showcase more um in terms of how my character is presented yeah yeah i did because 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 you you've because the the sinister minister is 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 an incredible character that has grown over years i don't but i know that you're so much more than that you do so many other things there's so many more strings to your bow and i ever wondered wondered whether you ever ever thought about fantasized or even considered or pitched ideas that weren't based around that sort of character um Well, a couple of times in between gigs up and down over the years, I, uh, I I pitched various things because I thought, okay, the character had run its course. In fact, one funny story here. When Dusty Rhodes came in to uh, book TNA for a year or however long, six months, I don't know how long he was there. But he came in and he was saying, devil, we got great ideas for you, baby. What we're going to do is when the people are lined out, lined up outside at Universal waiting to get in, we're going to have like a whole freak show outside. And we're going to have the bearded lady and the man eating fire and swallowing swords. And you're going to be out there like a ringmaster with, the, you know, the, the top hat. And you're going to be bar a carnival barker. And I thought, 
okay, sure, I'll do that. And hell, I, Dusty Rhodes has just handpicked me to do this thing. So I went, he said, go get all the gear, devil, and uh, I'll be in touch with you soon. So I went out and I bought this tired outfit, you know, uh, cost a shit ton of money. And so I've got everything and I'm ready to go. And, you know, I uh, studied up on all my uh, carny stuff. Got a pretty big uh, library regarding uh, carny culture and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm studied and, and well-prepared, ready to go. And I called Dusty for, I don't know, it seemed like two or three months at this point. And I couldn't get an answer, couldn't get an answer. And, uh, oh, I forgot to tell you, in between there, what uh, really made me mark out his wife, I believe her name was Michelle Rubio. She had called. Uh, I didn't know it was his wife at the time, but it was like, this is uh, Dusty Rhodes' uh, personal assistant, Michelle Rubio. Uh, <laughs> Dusty Rhodes is uh, waiting online so-and-so. You know, that's what I mean. <laughs> He he played it so well, you know. I'm th- you know, it's like getting a call from the president of the United States, you know. <laughs> Line so, two is probably the bedroom, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, I finally got through to Dusty after I'd bought all this shit. And I said, uh, because he'd said, We're gonna be making movies, devil. We're gonna make movies out here. And uh said, Dusty, uh, hey, it's devil. And it was almost like he didn't even know who the hell I was at that point. I'm like, yeah, remember you told me uh, to go out and get this ringmaster outfit and, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. Uh, so are we ready to go? And he, he, I forget exactly how he worded it, but it was something like, I said, he goes, uh, no devil, there's been a change in plan. Uh, we will not be making any movies with the devil or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, well, son of a bitch. So then uh, that's when, you know, when I got called back, um, uh, to be with Abyss, which was maybe six, seven months after that. Um, the one thing I changed was I wasn't wearing a red suit all the time, you know? So when you see the early Abyss stuff, I'm just wearing all kinds of different like business suits. Some of them were uh, outlandishly colored, but I was trying to avoid the red thing to separate it a little bit and uh, trying to uh, make sure that I didn't say anything devilish in the promos and not refer to myself at all and uh you know jim Cornette came in and said you know your promos are great but you never let anybody know anything about yourself you know you, you never reveal you know you're talking about what a monster abyss is they're like but yeah that's so i don't you know nobody's going to accuse me of stealing heat or you know a lot of you know, a lot of times managers are accused of trying to you know, steal the spotlight. So, uh, but then, you know, Cornette and I believe uh, Sabu and several people of a few months into the Abyss thing, because I wore a red suit one time just as a lark. And they said, that's what you need. To, that's your money shot. That's you. That's what pops on camera. Everything about you just lights up when you're in that, uh, that get up. So, uh, you know, I, I went back to that for the most part, because it's kind of like, you know, it's what brought me to the dance and it continues to work. And it's funny that people, it's its true, like not people know stuff about you. Uh, I know that you run karaoke nights when you're not yeah. wrestling. And I, I love this. Uh, are you are you a Frank fan? I, I understand that it's a, it's a bit of a turn as part of the karaoke. You'll you'll sing a bit of Frank for us, James. Um, Here and there, I got, you know, <laughs> as you can hear my voice is 
pretty, pretty Sounds much gorgeous. Shot. I know what you're talking um, about. I, I sound like Tom Waits now. You know, where, where the voice has been uh, soaked in a vat of bourbon and <laughs> hung out to dry in a, in a tobacco barn and then run over by a truck. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've, you know, I've, I've had to adapt and improvise over the years. I, I can still sing a few Frank songs, but his voice is so uh, clean and pure. Um that my voice these days doesn't really lend itself well to that. There's a handful of uh, Frank tunes I do, but you know, um, I, I'm kind of in between. I can do some really surprising crooning stuff at times. Uh, and then, you know, the rest of the time, you know, I'm kind of a bluesy rock and roll sounding guy, as you might imagine. I've been running a karaoke business since 23 24 years now. Um, I started right at right as uh, ECW started going out of business. And at that point, you know, I, I came into the wrestling business having uh, sacrificed everything. You know, instead of having a plan B like a an intelligent person would, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I approached wrestling the same way that a lot of people try to get into rock and roll do, you know, just damn the torpedoes straight ahead. And when ECW died, I thought, okay, it's all over, you know, because WWE definitely was not using managers at that time. TNA had not opened up, uh, opened up yet. And, you know, I used to, I used to be a singer when I was younger. My uh, aspiration before wrestling was to uh, be a rock star. That didn't pan out. But I was always a really good front man, even when I couldn't sing back then. And, uh, and I would do karaoke, like with Canyon, we'd go out and get liquored up after the shows and do karaoke. And one day, you know, he just suggested to me, why don't you do this? And I thought there was no money to be made in it. I had no idea. And once I got up and running, and there may not be money, to, depending on where you work, but uh, I was lucky enough to be living here in Orlando, Florida, where they have all these resorts. And I mean, it took off like a rocket. So I, I, uh, I did really, really well with it. And uh, I've, it went down when the economy crashed in 2008, kind of died for about four and a half years until things started picking back up. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty much pretty much what I will be doing until the day I die because you know, I'm not a guy that uh, wears a name, can see myself wearing a name tag. I couldn't imagine being like, a, you know, Mickey Rourke in that scene in The Wrestler where he's working in a deli and he's just miserable, if you remember the movie. I do. Um, and, and I know a lot of people who go through that. So with me doing karaoke, I mean, I have a microphone in my hand. I cut promos all night long. You know, um, it's similar and it scratches a similar itch to wrestling you know so uh unless uh, i get my vocal cords removed it's probably what i will continue to do well let's speak on the wrestling sowin nwa's most violent pay-per-view in history october 28th it all goes down uh, the temple live at cleveland masonic in cleveland ohio and uh, now already announced uh, i'm intrigued by this the knights of the round table tables match blunt force trauma and mike knox and trevor murdoch this is going to be a table match unlike any other isn't it jim yes my understanding is that the tables that they will be putting people through uh, if i understand this correct 
will be actual round tables, not the long <laughs> square one, which uh, if you've ever taken a good look at those things, they don't have the give that the traditional, you know, announced table <laughs> does the six foot one. Um, and, you know, Aaron Stevens is a real Machiavellian, evil, uh, uh, insidious sort of character. So I'm sure he's set this up to have the odds working in his favor for his team, blunt force trauma. So that that should be a really uh, violent and painful to watch matchup. Uh, Vampiro and La Rebellion teaming up against uh, the Brothers of Funstruction and Violent J. Am I right that you've done a song with the ICP, Jim? Um, yes, I did. On the uh, ICP album, The Tempest, um, I did a voiceover at the uh, beginning of the song, like a carnival barker, <laughs> just as rich, like like Dusty wanted me to be. <laughs> Devil, um, baby, put your hat on, be a carnival barker. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. And uh, and I recorded uh, a speech for them. And so they put part of it. And then I believe uh, my voice was inserted, you know, on the chorus a little bit. But the song is called uh, Ride the Tempest. And I believe uh, they had me did a little lead in at the uh, track that preceded that. But uh, that that was a, a real fun experience, too. Uh, pretty empowered. The women's tag team champions are defending the titles. Uh, and, and in amongst all that, Kenzie Page is putting the women's title up against Ruthie J as well. Uh, the, the women's division, uh, with all that's going on in wrestling at the moment, we're seeing uh, this continued rise uh, for women's wrestling. But I love how uh, the National Wrestling Alliance leans into that women's history. Uh, there's a lot of promise in, in across the women's divisions in the NWA right now, isn't there? Oh, yeah. We have, we have an excellent women's division super superb women's division um uh pretty empowered as, as uh just been a hell of a tag team but i mean if you go up and down throughout the women's roster uh you know kinsey page um who has really made a great showing for herself obviously she's the women's world champion now uh a student of dr tom pritchard um, she's done amazing things. Camille had that uh, amazing three-year-plus run, I believe it was. Um, you know, I, I would put our women's division up against any any in the country. I mean, any other promotion running currently. Very strong. Uh, main event of uh, Salwen stance is EC3 defending the NWA World Championship against Thomas Latimer. Uh, EC3's impact uh, on the National Wrestling Alliance. What's that been like behind the scenes to have a guy like EC3 uh, leading the charge for this new era of the NWA? He's he's uh, he's an interesting guy. Um, he seems to have reinvented himself a little bit. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, in this last several months. Uh, seems to be of a much more philosophical bent uh, in the way he presents himself. Uh, I, I catch him often. I don't know if the people do, but I took him to the side one time and I said, you've been reading a lot of Friedrich Nietzsche and Carl Jung and whatnot, have you not? Because uh, you could hear it leak through in the way he does his promos. But he's a uh, he's a really dedicated uh, super hardworking athlete. Um, and, and, you know, Latimer, the same thing. Latimer, I've, I've admired Latimer. I first met him at uh, NWA 73 when I came in. Uh, a, a really super talented, good-looking guy. Both of them have size. Um, I, I think that's going to be a really, 
really interesting matchup. Um, uh, who will win or lose? I couldn't tell you, but I can tell you Tom Latimer is hungry and he's going to have Camille in his corner on this match. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, having the wife in the corner, uh, egging you on, could possibly lead him to, uh, to, to get the scales tipped in his favor because you don't want to make the wife mad. Oh, not so not on the slide. If any, if in doubt, don't make the wife mad. Um, now the devil makes work for idle hands. Father James Mitchell's name doesn't seem to be on this card, nor do any of his charges. Uh, are we expecting to see some action from yourself uh, or your charges when we get to Sal? Uh, yes, uh, those have not been announced yet, but they will in due time, which will be probably in the next week or so. So, uh, yeah, I, w- I will be the uh, devil at large. My presence will loom large over it anyway, but uh, my teams will be in action. Um, Max, I believe we will have an action, uh, but all that will be revealed here in the next week or two. Yeah, don't play your cards too soon. NWA right. presenting Sawin, the most violent pay-per-view in NWA history. Saturday, October the 28th, the devil is large and he's char- and in charge and he joins us on Cultaholic. Father James Mitchell, thank you for your time ahead of NWA Sawin. Thank you for having me, Tom. Again, guys, October 28th, uh, nwatix.com. NWATix.com. That's where you can get your uh, tickets. Also, it will be airing live on pay-per-view on Fight TV, F-I-T-E TV. So be sure to mark that down and be there on October 28th. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 